You're listening to Inside the Village, where all news is local and no topic is off limits. So help me, Bob, it's Bully in the Alley. Hey, Bully in the Alley. So help me, Bob. This is Inside the Village for the week of September the 21st, 2023. I'm Scott Sexsmith alongside Michael Friscalani, the editor-in-chief here at Village Media. Derek Turner is in the room, uh, executive producer uh, of this show and many more. Uh, good to be back again, guys. How you doing? Very well, sir. Very well. Nice to see you. Yes, you too. Good to see Derek. Good to see you. Not that I don't see you. Another I know. Other, this is like our space, see right? each other in the basement. This it, is, is. it really is. It is. Once a week, the three of us get to kind of, you know, Hang run away from the crowd, hang out downstairs for an hour or so. Yeah. Couple hours. Couple hours. I mean, sometimes we stretch it to three, you know, because sometimes. we can. Yeah, sometimes. It takes that long. Well, there's that, right? <laughs> if, if people can only see the outtakes. Uh, I know the show's usually 30 minutes. Trust us, takes much longer. Yes. Uh, Thank also, you, Derek. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The wizard behind all of this. Uh, okay, excited about today. There's been a lot of firsts on this show. Today is our first three-peat guest. Yeah, this is an exciting one, you know, and I got to give this guy credit. He reached out to us. This is Ryan Willis from the Trent University Sasquatch Society. Yes. We've had him on. We've had good fun with Ryan. Um, uh, last time we chatted with him, he mentioned that he had a, they were working on a television show, 13 episode show for Wild TV. And he started reaching out to us last week saying, oh, you guys got to, can't believe the evidence we yeah. found. You got to see this. And so we had to reach back out to him and say, okay, what do you got? So he's going to come on and tell us what's, uh, what you can expect because the first episode's dropping, I guess, next week. Yeah, September the 25th, 530 ET Eastern on uh, Wild TV <laughs> and Wild TV Plus uh, if you care to subscribe. The beauty of this is we have actual footage. We're just not, we're not making yeah. this stuff up. Yeah. Actual footage. Of Bigfoot. Well, what he claims is Bigfoot. What he claims is Bigfoot. And, uh, Just shock, trying to build it up. For yeah, them. I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm excited for the kid. I had to, I, as I've joked around with him in the past, the, the guy's passionate about what he does. I mean, he's out in the bush looking for some, you know, mythical, <laughs> mythical creature. But hey, we all got to have our passions in life. And, and that is his. You spend your life in the bush looking for golf balls. What's the difference? <laughs> wow. First shot fired. Love it. All right. Let's uh, get down to business here. The uh, first word to Frisco. And our first highlight uh, comes to us from uh, Erica Engel, our uh, great editor in Collingwood at Collingwood Today, and the story of a forgotten woman. Yeah, very. It's a heartbreaking story. And Erica worked for months on this piece, um, basically telling the story of a lady who's been stuck in a hospital in Collingwood for a year, trying to get into long-term care home. And she really gets into all the back and forth of why this lady has been stuck here, all the bureaucratic problems, all the you know administrative reasons why she's there, but also digs deep into the story of who this lady is and the you know the, the tough time she's gone through in her life and how she ended up in this hospital and how desperate she is to get into a long-term care home. And yes, it's the story of one patient in Ontario, but it's really a window into what's going on with a lot of people right now, struggling to, 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 to find the right place to be. Uh, and it's a really deep dive piece of journalism. And we cover the daily things that happen every day in our communities. But this is one of those stories that Eric identified as an important piece to be done. Spent a long time working on it. It's written beautifully. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. Whether you live in Collingwood or not, it's an Ontario story about the system that we have right now. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of feedback this story receives mm -hmm. and also whether there's some action finally because of that coverage. All right, to uh, Thorold and editor Bernard Landsbergen and uh, a story on a proposed gas plant. Yeah, this is one of those stories where um, 
it's just epitomizes local journalism, right? Part of local journalism is covering city council, covering city hall, the, all the committee meetings that go on. And Bernard uh, reported earlier in the summer about a proposed gas plant expansion in Thorold. And it was his reporting that brought it to the public light and, and, and got people talking about it. And he kept um, inching that story forward and reporting on it to the point where they had a major city council meeting the other night. Um, a regular city council meeting, but was packed with people because they've been reading the coverage and they wanted to come out and have their their say on what they thought of this proposed gas plant expansion. And it became a very emotional, heated meeting, as you would expect, and city council voted unanimously to not um, go forward with this plan. And it's not our job to tell people how they should feel about it, but it's our job to say, hey, folks, there's a proposal in place, this is happening, and right. that's exactly what Bernard did, and he covered the meeting really well. He pumped out a, a quick uh, story the night of the meeting so the people in Thorold could go to our site and read about what happened. And he's working on some bigger stories about it. And, uh, you know, don't take this wrong, but it's not rocket science what we do, right? Our job is to shine a light and tell people what's going on in the community. And uh, this is one of those examples of a big story that people cared about, and uh, we covered it well. And if it wasn't for Thorold today, I don't know where these people would have read about it. A big story uh, in Sault Ste. Marie regarding uh, Harvest Algoma, and uh, it seems as though it's staying alive, at least for now. This is another example, just like Bernard's story. We talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, but Ken Armstrong here in Sault Ste. Marie, one of our reporters, has been really on the ball, keeping up with what's happening with Harvest Algoma. Basically, it's an organization that provides food to all kinds of organizations, shelters, um, food banks in the community. They have relationships with grocery stores that will donate food that they're not going to use. It's quite an operation. So the problem is it always lost money. Mm -hmm. And there was a plan for it to be taken over by what's called the Sault Ste. Marie Innovation Center. That plan fell through because not enough partners were wanted to get on board with the plan. So Ken wrote that initial story about how this place could actually close, kept writing about it, kept asking people in the community what what we can do, did a a wonderful behind-the-scenes feature um, spending a day with the staff and the volunteers at Harvest Algoma, really showing people in the community what they do, how they get their food, where it goes, who benefits, really just being a fly on the wall. It was a, a wonderful story. And then kept it in the news to the point where people who can make this, people who have the power to help started talking about it and saying, we need to make sure that this, this, this doesn't go down. And, uh, you know, we don't, we certainly don't do reporting to get praised by politicians because we often are in, um, Testy relationships with politicians. We, we question them yeah. on things. But I'll tell you, the city council meeting, uh, when what happened at this week's city council meeting was Algoma Steel, the biggest employer in Sault Ste. Marie, came forward with a chunk of money to put toward Harvest Algoma. The city agreed to fund it for the next three years, to help fund it for the next three years to keep it afloat. And the mayor specifically pointed out, wouldn't go so far as to say suit today, but to point out that the media coverage played a critical role in this because it kept it at the top of people's mind and people who have the ability to make things happen in town came forward and it happened. So, you know, again, I don't want to say that we're superheroes or that wow, what a, everything's perfect because of journalism, but this is what journalism does, especially local journalism. It's a great example of uh, – why we should feel good about ourselves this week. Yeah, we do feel good about ourselves. And as we uh, wrap up the first uh, word to Frisco, we should point out, though, that uh, this week, uh, a lot of us not feeling uh, so good uh, about the industry that we're working in. Yeah, this is a, on top of all that, feeling so good about what we do is a devastating news that Metroland has uh, gone into bankruptcy protection, which means more than 600 employees in the local journalism in Ontario have been uh, laid off, including about 70 journalists, I believe. Right. Um, 71 
community newspapers have printed their last wow. edition. Like these are some of these papers have been around for almost two hundred years. I'm thinking of like the Perth Courier, the Stony Creek News that you used that, to deliver. That I used to deliver, and I keep I'm thinking about that this week that I used to deliver the Stony. And I had forgotten that I delivered the Stony because I delivered the Hamilton Spectator too. But I started with the Stony Creek News and worked my way off to delivering the Spec. Isn't it funny how many kids start their yeah, working lives yeah. delivering papers? Absolutely. absolutely. I delivered the Scarborough Mirror. It's, see, it's, but, many, uh, Derek paper. No, Sue Star. Sue Star. See, it's just it's it's part of that. I guess it's the part of those days, right? We're old, so we remember doing that. I even yeah. had to go collect and get the money. Oh yeah, yeah I they, remember ripping off the little yeah, uh, tabs yeah, yeah, when they'd pay. Yeah, exactly. And you'd be like, and sometimes you'd be like, okay, because you had to pay back a certain amount to yeah. get your profit, right? Yep, some yep. weeks you had a great week and you were collecting, but you know. And I guess I didn't realize it at the time, but it's kind of how I fell in love with newspapers and the news business, and it ended up being sort of my first foot in the door of, of working in this industry, which I've been fortunate enough to work in for 25 years. And, you know, these things hit so hard because we all have friends and colleagues who work for these organizations, yeah. former colleagues, uh, former coworkers, because some of us worked at Metroland. I didn't, but some of our people at Village Media did. And I've been in this industry long enough to have um, – seen layoffs to, to be part of newsrooms that have been decimated because of cutbacks and it's heartbreaking every time and it, because you see the talent that gets let go and you see even more than that you see how it's going to impact the people who depend on this journalism who read us every day and and look to us for for trustworthy reliable information so um definitely a tough week on that front and like i said more so because personally because we have friends over there that yeah, we know yeah. that have lost their jobs and and have lost the the paper that they love but in the communities who won't have that paper anymore. Um, of course, you had the inevitable situation where some people were reaching out to village media sites and asking, oh, is this you? Are you? Have you gone? Have you filed for bankruptcy? Right. Which, of course, we haven't. And we would never in a million years as journalists root for our the demise of our competitors. No, never. We compete super hard. We want to beat you. We want to be faster and better at the reporting we do. But we, we would never want anybody to, to close down or, or to be in this situation. I guess what I've said, and what, you know, what our company has said and what I've said to our team is that um, Village in a way was built for this day, right? Yeah. Built for this this era. Yep. We're digital first. Um, we don't have the the assets like the, the physical printed assets that are out there that a lot of these older legacy media organizations have. We're built for the age of people getting their news on their cell phone, getting it on their computer. And uh, we hear now that Metroland's going to become digital only that we're going to focus on being online but we've been doing this for more than a decade in Sioux in the Sioux we've been doing it for 20 years and uh, it's a place where people know they can come and get free easy accessible news all the time and uh, and our message is that um, even though it's been difficult for other reasons we talk about C18 keeping news off Facebook yeah, yeah. Which was a whole other topic we're still doing the journalism that we've always done, that we always try to do. Just the examples I gave you today are just three examples of the stuff we're doing every day. And we know that our readers do come to our sites. We know they depend on us for what's happening. They depend on us for our city council coverage. They depend on us to introduce them to the people in town that are doing amazing, fascinating things. They depend on us to hold power to account in certain circumstances where we need to hold power to account. And they expect us to tell the stories in our community of all kinds, the good, the bad, the ugly, yep. right? And uh, I feel grateful that that we're in a position. Obviously, there's there's some guilt because you don't want these other places to be suffering like this. You don't want to see any newspaper no, shut down or any newspaper shut not. down. But we do feel grateful to be able to be doing this kind of work and to be continue to do this work. And and for us, the mission is exactly the same: to try to strengthen the communities we serve and the communities we live in by doing the journalism that we do. 
When you see a, a company like Metroland go through that, and and I guess you know from an overarching perspective, you look at the state of the economy, and then you throw C eighteen into the mix, which you alluded to. Is it is it surprising that something like this to you has happened? No, because we've kind of lived on this edge. As someone who started in newspapers and worked in newspapers for a long time, uh, I worked at the National Post, and we thought the National Post it was always going to close. Right? right. It's, yeah. it's been around forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what are they going on now? Twenty five years. <laughs> they've been they've been going. And it's always had that feeling that things were going to happen. Um, and and anyone, if you talk to any. Uh, you know, quote unquote veteran journalists here at Village, they'll all tell you their horror stories of working here, working there, where yep. things th- things went down. Um, Bill C-18, people have lots of different opinions on it, but obviously Bill C-18 has not helped at all. You look at our company. Um, so Bill C-18 is the, the liberal law that, that that you know, the, 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 the idea being that, that big tech should compensate us for the content that they use. On our sites, even though it's us that puts out that content. Right, the content that we provide to them. And Facebook has answered by saying, well, we're just getting out of the news business altogether. So as everybody well knows by now, our sites are like every piece of Canadian journalism is not on Facebook anymore, right? And so that backfired massively, right? Because the, you know, news organizations were thinking they were actually going to get some money out of big tech or at least out of Facebook, right? And Facebook seems like they're never coming back and there's never going to be any money. And instead, we're seeing this. We're seeing that these these – we're seeing bankruptcies. We're also seeing like another company, Metro in Quebec, also did the same thing. Metro Media, yeah. Metro yeah. Media is shut down. Um, so, th- yeah, you kind of saw the, the tea leaves, the, the things were, were going to get nasty. And, and again, like you look at us, it's all out there. We were expanding at a rapid pace this yep. time last year. Yep. We were launching new sites across the province. We launched uh, an amazing new site at Queen's Park called The Trillium, which we all know is doing fantastic uh, political reporting. And now all of a sudden we've just stopped dead in our tracks to kind of see where things land and just focus on doing the the best we can, making our sites that we have as, as great as we can. So, you know, it's a, it's sad, right, that you have a company like ours that, that was going into more communities and doing the journalism and, 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 and you know, telling the stories of those communities. And now we're, we're not doing that at all. I mean, it's kind of like – we did a complete 180. Like, complete, I, yeah. you know, I'm the editor in chief here. I was involved in all these expansions, and like yeah. we were going, you know, full full out. And now all of a sudden, there's just no way we were we're not expanding anytime soon. I mean, at least for the foreseeable future. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, you kind of see the clouds coming, right? Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that that residual blood is on the hands of the government uh, because they did, you know, metal were. They didn't need to. For sure. And, and uh, those are your words, and I, I think it's fair to have. No, but it's fair. No, <laughs> yeah. no but it's fair. It's fair yeah. to say that. I think a, a lot of people are realizing now, you know, and again, it's not a I told you so moment, but if you listen to our company officials, our CEO, Jeff Elgin in particular, talk about why this was the wrong avenue to go down, he would say it to anyone who would listen for three years, testified in front of a Senate committee and said the exact same thing, as well as other publishers, smaller pub, digital publishers did as well. And- it all fell on deaf ears, right? Yeah. So it's like it's not like anybody can be surprised that this is the way it's happened. But again, for me, it's more that you know there are loyal readers of these papers and have just imagine being part of the landscape of your community for 150 years, yeah. And it's just bang, bang, it's done. It's yeah. not going to be printed anymore. So you know, it's uh, again, I've I've been in this business for 25 years. I've seen it happen at all the places I've worked at. And we just keep chugging along and, and just keep doing the journalism we do. And I, you know, I met with our team like I do once a week this morning and, you know, people are looking, they're nervous. They're a little bit worried, right? And they're not, they're, they're sad more than anything. They're sad that this could, that this is the state of journalism in the province right now. 
but uh, we just keep going, Scott. That's the way I, that's the way I look at it. I'm still talking every day about the stories we're working on yeah. and the scoops we have coming and things we're digging up and I'll keep doing that till they tell me I can't do it anymore. And keep going, we shall. Uh, speaking of Jeff, heard him on a podcast today, an old friend of yours, Paul Wells, oh, yeah. uh, former McLean's. Former McLean's, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were actually, uh, no, we were not. I was going to say we were roommates in, <laughs> during the Olympics in Vancouver, but we were not. He was roommates with somebody else, but we all hung out there. Yeah, it was, we had a great, that was, <laughs> it's a totally other story, but you talk about journalism when the Vancouver Olympics were in uh, happening in 2010. Right. They sent pretty much the whole McLean's team to Vancouver for a couple weeks. It was the only story in, in the country course, at that yeah. time, right? It was an amazing time. I worked with just fantastic people who are still close friends of mine, and Paul was definitely one of them. And, uh, you know, he's he's among the best of the best. So uh, be, I haven't heard that yet. It was good. Did, did Jeff sound? Uh, Two, he sounded, <laughs> sounded fantastic. <laughs> best he's ever sounded. Two weeks in Vancouver on the company tab. I can only imagine the receipts you submitted. It was funny. Covering sports. It was great. Dream job. Yeah, it was wild. I think I covered ski jumping and uh, curling. So I learned curling. Oh, wow. I believe it or not. Very cool. Okay. Uh, Onwards and upwards uh, we go uh, to today's show. Ryan Willis uh, from the uh, Trent University Sasquatch Society back for a third visit, but with some huge news. And it's next on Inside the Village. Reporters, editors, and journalists who go the extra mile to get the story and get it right. Go behind the scenes with those who cover the stories that matter most to you and your community. Look for it in the Village Features section of your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. Welcome back to uh, Inside the Village with Michael Friscalanti, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. Derek Turner is in the room, and I'm Scott Sexsmith, and we are so excited to have a three-peat guest on the show. This has never happened, Frisco. We have never had a three-peat guest, and it has nothing to do with the fact that we had nobody scheduled for today. Uh, this guy's been on more than us. That's right. That's right. It's like a guest co-host. Uh, the one and only uh, Ryan Willis, the uh, founder uh, and president of the uh, Trent Sasquatch Society from Trent University, uh, is on the line. Uh, Ryan, good to see you, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. We got some uh, cool stuff to tell you about, and I'm very glad to be uh, here for a, a three-peat. It's uh, <laughs> kind, kind of like a hat-trick for you guys, eh? Yeah, this is big This is big stuff, big stuff. Now, yeah. so last time we chatted with you, you had a TV show coming up, right? You were working on a show uh, from, on the, what was it called again? Uh, Wild TV, Sasquatch University on the Wild TV Network. That's right. And you've got your first episode coming out next week? Yeah, yeah. So it comes out at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the, the Wild TV Network and Wild TV Plus on uh, September 25th. All right. And you so found, Monday, you found yeah. some evidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All we right. we actually it. got lots in the show. It won't be your average uh, walk around the woods kind of Bigfoot show. We actually got some pretty cool <laughs> stuff. In the... give, it, give us the goods, Ryan. What, uh, what yeah, have you discovered? So we got, yeah, one of my favorites uh, is a cool audio recording a woman got. Uh, actually taken from her porch out in Grey Bruce, and we cover that in the show and, and investigate it and have some people look at it. And, uh, yeah, so I think I think people will really love that bit because it's, it's, one, it's one heck of a howl. It's, uh, it's really something. And then we got a cool video a guy sent us of one walking through a forest. And, uh, yeah, so we checked that out in the show too, obviously. Uh, some trail cam pictures taken up from North Bay and uh, some pictures, some tracks. And then uh, we got more coming. 
but we're uh, we're saving that for some of the later episodes. But okay. the first half of the season kind of covers these bits that uh, that I'll uh, I'll send you guys after this uh, this call. But you guys will love them. Exclusive. Oh, okay, so I want to get this straight. You have actual video footage of Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. We didn't take it, but we have it. We've been, you know, got permission to use it in the show, share it with you guys, all of that good stuff. How, 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 uh, is it granular? Is that the word? Grainy? Grainy. How grainy is the video? It's, it's pretty good, actually, it, especially for being a Bigfoot video. It's, it's pretty good quality and you can get a pretty good look at the thing. So, uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say it's a, a high quality one by a big, Bigfoot standards for sure. So, what makes you think it's Bigfoot? Well, I mean, when you guys see, you'll, you'll kind of see the same stuff. I'm sure that that stands out to you guys. But uh, obviously, just the way it moves, the hair on it, um, kind of the size of it. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, obviously those factors and the guy who saw it said he got, a, you know, he got a pretty good look. And it was you could see all the hair. You could see the, you know, details, of the face. So it was pretty cool getting to chat with him. Uh, so. So, yeah, obviously those those factors. And then uh, the same kind of goes along for the other clips. If true, this is going to make you like a massively rising star in the world of Sasquatch hunting, right? There's always been these historic videos or pictures of Sasquatch, so yeah. this could be your big your big moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't the one who took it, so I don't know if everyone's going to be like, oh, it's the, the Willis footage or something like that, because it's the Patterson-Gimlin, and they call it the Patterson-Gimlin footage. But, but you know, I'm, I'm just happy that, that those people got in touch with us, and we go, we got a chance to share it with everybody, because it's, you know, pretty cool, and I think it's really going to change everybody's minds on, on Bigfoot being in Ontario. So I think, I think that's the more important thing, you know? Yeah. And this is a multi-part show, right? Not just one episode? Yeah, it's 13 episodes Whoa. and there's, you know, new episodes every week. So, And are they all in the can or are you still making some of them? Uh, we're still doing some editing for some of the later ones, but mm-hmm. those aren't aren't due to be in for a little while. Yeah. But uh, but everything's on, on schedule to all, you know, meet the air dates and everything. So it's looking really good. And we have the first kind of half of the season in. Cause I so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be out pretty soon. And uh, I think, I hope people enjoy it. I was a little nervous for you because when you said it was going to be like, you know, 13 episodes back last time we chatted, I thought, how the heck are you going to fill 13 episodes with you walking in the bush? But it sounds like you've got some interesting things to show people. Yeah, yeah, I think... uh yeah, I, I think it's kind of a, a misconception because, you know, there, there are some Bigfoot shows and stuff that's come out over the past few years where, you know, they, I think like kind of the problem is, is sometimes, you know, the producers and things like that aren't uh, just a biker whoa, went wrong. Was whoa, uh, whoa. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was just that was just someone on a bike going by the car. Yeah, sure. I the door not, open just because it's a bit hot. It wasn't your it wasn't your brother on the bike, was it? <laughs> you, you don't got to run out and investigate that. Oh my stepbrother, guys! I know you. You guys love. Uh, Is he still at Queens, by the way? Uh, no, he's he's done now. He's All done right. now. He's well, my my other now. brother is actually my other brother's at Queens. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so, are you done university? Yeah, I'm done now. But the Sasquatch Society's still going strong, and uh, Joel Poole. Yeah. So, but you are you're you're doing this now for this. This is your job right now, producing this show. Yeah. Yeah. Producing the show is my job right now. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And kind of, kind of what I was saying before I kind of, before the biker went by, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a big uh, misconception that a lot of these shows kind of just have people walking around the woods, looking at trees and cause, cause we got so many witnesses from all over Ontario, lots of evidence. So I think, I think it'll really surprise people when, when they see, you know, a show that, that actually has Bigfoot in it. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. So, yeah, Ryan, before sure. we uh, got on camera, you were telling us that you're down in the uh, Peterborough area today. What's going on down there? Yeah, so we're doing a, a cool documentary out here today. Um, kind of, you know, uh, I tilt the camera, but I don't want to try messing with the signal again. 
Uh, yeah, out, out near Peterborough, we're just doing some some kind of uh, you know sit down interviews with the with the production and uh, today. So so uh, I don't really know when that comes out. It's not my uh, production, but I'm excited for people to see that as well. So uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're up to today. All right, very cool. Sasquatch University premieres on the uh, Wild TV Network September 25th, 5:30 ET. Uh, I know I'll be watching. Uh, Ryan, uh, thanks for doing this. Good luck, man. Good to see you. Yes, thanks. And you can stream uh, anytime on Wild TV Plus, by the way. Is this a, that can't <laughs> nice plug. Is a sub- uh, subscription required for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But <laughs> I haven't actually got one yet. So, but I'll, you know, I will soon. <laughs> Write it into your deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get it for you one. Well, right. probably won't. <laughs> thanks, guys. For the latest in in-depth features and enterprise journalism from your local writers at Village Media, be sure to check out The Big Read. The Big Read, it's the full story behind the headlines. Look for The Big Read on your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. Back to wrap on uh, another episode of Inside the Village. Michael Friscalanti, Derek Turner, and yours truly, Scott Sexsmith, uh, here. Well, we've seen the footage. <laughs> Are we convinced? I'm convinced that Ryan's a good guy. <laughs> I am not super convinced that uh, that thing walking around was a Bigfoot. Um, I don't know. That's just me. I. Uh, what about you? I love his passion. Yes. And I'm going to watch the episode because uh-huh. I think there's more. I think there's more coming. Yeah. I mean, well, like any good TV host or producer, you're not going to spill everything, right? You're going to hang on to some stuff. We do. Tease the audience. We, we give it all right at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we've been around for so long now and here every week. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I uh, I applaud his passion. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's uh, – and I applaud his ability to get a TV show out of it. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, You know what? He's finished university and he's out there filming documentaries and, and – Look, b- believe it or not, this guy has signed a 13-episode – you know, a documentary series with a national network mm-hmm. that also has a subscription service, Wild TV Plus. <laughs> Who else can say that? Yeah. We don't know what the contract is. We, we have no idea. No he idea. could be doing it for free. <laughs> I'm sure he isn't because he's smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, all because he's chasing Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy said when we, when we first met him that he just was in love with this topic, loved, watched every show there was, yeah. read everything about yeah. it. And now he's do, living, it, living it. So good for him, you know. I mean, not everybody gets to do that. People have to do jobs they hate. And he seems to be enjoying himself. He might have to get a real job one day. Who knows? You never know. But he seems to be enjoying it right now. So good for him. If you love what you do for a living, you'll never work a day in your life. That's true. Now, the big question. What do you think? Bigfoot. Is it real? Let us know. ITV at villagemedia.ca. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, watch uh, all previous episodes uh, of the show across the Village Media Network, wherever you get your favorite uh, podcasts. And of course, at insidethevillage.ca. For Derek Turner, executive producer uh, of the program, Michael Friscalanti, editor-in-chief here at Village Media, I'm Scott Sexsmith. Look over your shoulder. Bigfoot might be lurking. We'll uh, talk to you next week. You've been listening to Inside the Village. Fresco and Scott's wardrobe, provided in part by Moore's Sault Ste. Marie.